blinds we leased to see that the rice was planted and grown yet and uh and waters on all the fields i took um took the back way to get out to gridley from from south south yuba county or south yuba city area and a lot of ag out there right now and fields are looking good all over the place it's just valley looks really good right now pretty yeah. happy about that yeah i agree it's the same way down near the shop in lincoln um everybody's working the only problem we did have is uh a lot of organic rice grown down in the Lincoln area down there. Mm -hmm. And what they use to fertilize that's turkey manure. And I don't know if anybody spent any time around turkey manure, but it's not very pleasant. So they were a couple miles away, but with the wind we had, our whole freaking shop smelled like turkey manure all day. So Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> That was a little rough, man. But we get, I mean, it's, it smells like shit, but it's money. So we understand it. But, yeah, it was a little rough. I think that was Wednesday was that that was going on. We had a little bit of wind heading it right into the shop so that kind of sucked but yeah been a busy time of year for everybody in farming i know us we've been busy as heck so well, that's awesome well i'm still getting used to this uh this podcast setup it's nice not to have to have a phone between us and speaking to the phone it's a little more uh relaxed and easy to easy to uh to run this thing so big thanks to uh superior equipment repair superioreequipmentrepair.com our sponsor of our podcast yeah, yep, we can't thank Superior enough, and uh, you guys need anything fixed from big trucks, you got fleet work, you got equipment, you know, farm equipment, construction equipment, caterpillars, that, you know, anything you guys got, you know, we work on, so give them a call at 833-343-7531, and, you know, they got a fleet of over 20 service trucks, and a big shop can do about anything, you know, DPF cleaning and everything they can do right in-house and one of the heaviest uh alignment racks and anywhere around here anyway um you'd have to go to sacramento and they're always backed up at the frame shop so that's a big plus a lot of people don't know so anything you need call superior they got you covered all right yeah big thanks to them so well last uh last episode we talked about uh a little preview on on this next topic and um, talking about duck hunting in Australia, um, so that's that's something that uh, both of us heard on on another podcast, uh, and and they interviewed some folks from Australia, and it got me looking into it a little more. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to to look into it yourself at all, or uh, but I know you listen to the podcast, so you're uh, pretty up to speed on that. Yeah, I don't have a lot of the facts and stuff of, you know, but it's, yeah, it's they're shutting it down down there. I think this yeah. next season is going to probably be one of the last down there. Yeah, and it's totally, um, so I've so I've been to Australia uh, back in, in 2007 uh, when I was in the military, was stopped by there and, and stopped by a couple ports. And so I had some, just some uh, kind of, Know, fun tourist type things there and and then also did a, a military training exercise there and maybe I'll, I'll talk about that later it's probably the worst time of my life for the yeah. 10 days <laughs> uh it was pretty rough but uh and the down under but you know just as far as culture and and everything they're not too dissimilar from us they were a you know a, a colony of of england at one point like we were although a penal colony it's a little different um you know, the, England just put all their uh, prisoners there. Yeah, it seemed like a good place to get them. I guess they're a rough way to find your way home for <laughs> all the degenerates, but... Uh, Had a strong culture and, and history. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I talked to a guy that went hunting down there, and he says they hunt closest to the way that we do than any other country. You know, it's different, you know, styles of duck hunting and the culture of it. You know, there's some places where... It's just strictly numbers because it's, you know, you're feeding yourself off of it. And it's, you know, there's no conservation there. They're very, very similar to the way we hunt. And like I say, they're, American-wise, they're, I mean, they're they're very similar. They're into race cars and, you know, they're very similar like that. And as big of a country as it is, they're a lot like California in the fact that they have a huge rural area that's ran by the urban areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're making all decisions. So I think they're gonna. They're kind of like us. So to think that it couldn't happen here, it's just naive, you know. And it. I mean, it's a shitty topic to talk about. But I mean, it's just we all got to do everything we can to try to slow this. And 
I think we're okay for a bit in California, but, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of people that think what we're doing is freaking barbaric, you know? No, absolutely. And um, I'm glad you, you said, you know, how, you know, you think we're okay here. And one of the things that, and folks can listen to it themselves, you know, I mean, pretty big name podcasts out there just had it on. Uh, Ramsey Russell, Get Ducks Any- Anywhere had an episode on this, um, talking about this. But uh, one of the things they, they talked about that, I kind of resonated with me. They said, you know, I know people might hear this and say, well, who cares? I don't, I'm not going to go to Australia and duck hunt. I'm probably not going to go to Australia at all. You know, what do I care? And, um, the thing is that agenda, that anti-hunting agenda, we might not want to go there and duck hunt, but they want to go everywhere and stop hunting. Yes. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's 100% true. You know? So, um, it's like, you know, we might not want to go intrude on their lives, but believe me, they want to intrude on ours. Oh, I remember a similar example here in California. You know, I don't want to see any hunting rights being lost. But you remember a couple of years ago when they outlawed hunting bears with dogs? Yeah. Yep. I remember that one guy I knew, and he, you know, we're going down the Capitol and all this. And I'm like, he's like, they're coming after ducks next. I'm like, man, nah, too many rich duck hunters. That ain't going to happen. Right. And, I mean, he's right. And For now. For now. You know what I mean? Yeah. For now. And, I mean, it's right. And it didn't really affect me much. So, I, you know, I didn't have anything, to be honest, I hated running into them friggin' bear guys, tweaker types running around. I mean, there's plenty of old school houndsmen, so don't get all butt hurt. But <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. You're trying to friggin' deer hunt, and here comes some friggin' clapped out Toyota with carpet on yep. the hood and a bunch of yapping dogs scared everything off for 100 miles, you know. And I was like, well, I'm not really going to miss that during deer season no more. So... Yeah, I didn't do anything, and sure enough, they outlawed it. Now, you know, got bears walking in grocery stores in Lake Tahoe, and, you know, they're everywhere, you know? And do you think, is it, you know, I'm not much of a big game hunter at all, um, but is there, I would think that more more bears would be more predators for deer and also have an impact on that possibly, too. You would think, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, there's houses everywhere now. Right. I mean, this is California. I mean, there's some remote areas, but I mean, it's just too much of anything as you know is bad and so there's a whole culture of hunting there that was just wiped out of the state you know i mean like you said you're not much of a big game hunter but it used to be there's tons of guys that hunt. oh yeah absolutely you know even i hunted on ranch old school guys you know they used to run uh deer with dogs like they do down south you know you do a drive and you know you get guys you put them out around the circle and then you know a couple guys with dogs come through and get them all out of the brush sure kind of an old school way of doing it and it's cool though i had fun doing it and, you know, that's that's all gone, you know. And duck hunting could be at some point, you know, same thing. So we all got to stay on our ground and fight for this stuff because they're going to take it, you know. Well, you mentioned, you know, we have enough, uh, you know, old rich guys preserving the sport here or at least, you know, that preventing government from, from stopping us from doing it. But I, I question what's going to happen when, uh, you know, if hunting sales hunting license sales don't don't continue and folks don't continue to hunt here what happens all those guys die and their kids are aren't interested in doing it and well you, you made a perfect yeah. example last week about you know go you know that brown who horrible the governor as he was he duck on it yeah absolutely yeah, you know newsom not Newsome, so much no, i don't that, think no, so that guy that, he's only hunting one thing that's yeah. probably freaking chicks you know that yeah. dude's a scoundrel man. cocaine from yeah. what i hear <laughs> yeah yeah so uh no i mean it, it's just it's gonna die Unless we keep, you know, you got we all, most of the people listening to this podcast probably vote similarly, I would think. Sure. But it ain't just voting. It's educating the non-hunter that doesn't really have a skin in the game. They're not anti-hunting. They're not pro-hunting. Right. Just kind of let them know what we do. They probably don't even know hunting's going on around them. There's a lot of that. That's, yeah. I've had personal examples of that happen in my life with, you know, we were early goose season once and some hippie lady come out screaming at us that no way oh yeah it was where was this grass valley oh yeah a lot of hippies there there. a guy and he had all these honkers in his pasture and i mean that friggin' honkers you know wreak havoc for cows and and uh we're perfectly legal well within our rights the guy had plenty of land we were you know every we did nothing illegal yeah but this lady comes running out of her house from down the street when she heard the guns Claimed how scared she was of him, but ran up to four guys she'd never seen holding shotguns, screaming how, you know, wrong we are. And yep. it's not even goose season and this and that. I mean, just completely irrational. And luckily, the group of guys I was with, they were all cool. None of us did anything to, you know, 
escalate the situation. And we, in fact, called the game warden. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. You know, we went back up to my buddy's house and we waited and the game warden was cool as hell. He went down, explained everything. And uh, she was wrong. She wasn't yeah. happy about it. And I said, well, it's, it's only a 100-day season, so we won't be out here very much longer. <laughs> but uh, I think we only did it a couple more times. It just wasn't worth the hassle. Wow. You know, but yeah, that was one instance I have with a real anti, you know. So, yeah, so you've actually experienced it. I've never I've never experienced it in the field like that. Yeah, and it was, I mean, like I say, this some hippie brought. I didn't think anybody even hunted Nevada County anymore. And it's like. See? Just zero, yeah. like. <laughs> well, it's just to them, it's not even, like, fathomable that someone could be out there doing that. They're just like, what is going on? Like, gunshots, yeah. hunting, like, what? Yeah, like their yeah. world is just wrecked because of this. They, yes. They just did not wake up expecting I this. Just, it's like, I mean, I just, I know I'm not that naive on the other side of things. Right. I know there's a, plenty of people oh, living yeah. in a way that right here, maybe my neighbors are doing something that I, oh, wow. But, no, this, this broad was checked out, man. Oh, man. But, luckily, it wasn't a big deal. We didn't get issued any tickets. You know, we were, we, and it wasn't early or anything either. We were out of town. Everything was legit about it, but, uh. Yeah, that was quite the mess. Only time I ever had an incident like that. But. Well, I guess, you know, um, so after I listened to that podcast on, on Australia, I did a little bit of research into it. And Safari Club International, they were they were on there, a guy named uh, Ben Cassidy, who's uh, works for them. And, you know, they kind of spearheaded some of this concern because they're, they're sounds like, I don't know much about Safari Club International, but it sounds like they're generally just concerned about hunting, like, globally. Like, globally, they really want to yeah. make sure that this... Their name's kind of deceiving, right? Because I've seen them in the past on, you know, popping up when I'm on a safari. I'm not going to go on no safari, right? So they, they don't <laughs> only deal with like African safaris. Yes, you know, they're t- they're worried about hunting internationally. It's a really good organization. Yeah, but, it sounds pretty you know, good. Yeah, we follow them on our Filthy Spoon Instagram page and stuff, and and we'll share some of their stories. They're, they're doing the work for all of us, and it's important. And the older I get, the more. Um, you know, and there's some good ones and some bad ones out there, and and you know, I'm not going to plug everyone. I I think is great, but the more the older I get, the more I'm like willing to you know send in, you know, th- for a thirty dollar membership to some of these organizations, whatever the cost is. You know, I did that with uh, like Firearms Policy Coalition this year because they've they've done a lot of uh, good good Second Amendment cases, and so which actually so think about Australia, right? Um, you know, I'm looking into this, and of course. There are differences between us and Australia uh, legally and culturally, but, um, you know, legally, I think having Second Amendment rights is a huge thing for hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. And that's and Second Amendment's not about hunting. No, it, it doesn't, but it definitely benefits it us. It definitely yeah. benefits because we have that found, you know, if you're in a country where there's no right to own a firearm, like, they can take hunting away. Yeah. No pretty problem. easy. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah, darn easy. Yeah. Um, and and of course Australia, if you paid attention during the whole COVID pandemic, um, they were like a prison over there. I oh mean, yeah, there was a a clip I saw on Australia, like Sky News International or whatever. I think it's I don't know what that Sky News Network Australia, but someone was trying to escape uh, Australia during COVID by boat, and they had like the Australian Coast Guard chasing them. Wow. Yeah, this isn't like someone attacking. This is someone trying to get out of there because they had people like really locked down. Like, I, know, yeah. I remember yeah. hearing about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like here, they shut the beaches down. And, like, yeah. Yeah, they got the freaking L.A. County Sheriff in a boat chasing a guy on a surfboard. I mean, it's like, well, oh, God. You, you know, um, you know, we don't have to, man, COVID, what a nightmare that whole deal was. But uh, the difference between Southern California and Northern California, Which rural you? Northern California and Southern California, as far as COVID lockdowns and everything, that right there is an example of just how like culturally different oh, yeah. the cities are from the more rural areas. And completely, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a big difference. You know, I even know even Sacramento because even Sacramento, you know, I'd be here fine and no problems at home, and then I go to work and I was in a service truck at the time, and I'm down there walking a liquor store without a mask on, and man. It, it, Oh yeah, they freaked the world. out. Yeah, it was a yeah, that was a rough time. I'm glad we're behind it. Better Hopefully. wear a mask if you want to buy liquor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's an, it's an, well, I, to me, that's kind of a good example of what we're talking about, though. How how, um, you know, I think the the hunter types they're not anti grocery store. They're not anti vegan. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. We're not like yeah, you know, each their own. You know, but uh, 
I think a lot of it's just education. You know, we're not out there, you know, trying to torture these animals. We're not. This is a tradition and sport, and that the the trigger pull is such a small thing of the whole deal that we're all doing out there. I right. mean, it's the preparation, it's the tradition, it's the time with your friends. You know, the sunsets. We see more sunsets than most people do, you know. Well, let me tell you. Or uh, sunrises, excuse me. Or sometimes sunsets when sometimes, you're out there all yeah, damn that day. Can be, that can be a frustrating <laughs> day unless you're sneaking in hunt after work or something. Um, which is, that, that can be a lot of fun. Oh, afternoon hunts. Yeah, especially when it's good. Oh, especially yeah. when you're not really supposed to be out there when you, you know, kind of pushed it a little got off work a little early yeah so you no. can run out to the blind and you shoot a couple birds yep that's always awesome yeah something's you feel like you're kind of getting something extra that yeah day. exactly yeah um no but it sounds like in australia duck hunting would be kind of stressful right now like they have protesters um you know i was showing you that picture of the the duck defender some guy named laurie levy you know they have funny names australian new zealanders sometimes you know, kind of feminine sounding names, but this guy, Lori Levy, the duck defender, and there's pictures of him confronting hunters and carrying these ducks that he rescued. Cause, um, over there, you know, if you cripple a bird, yeah, the first one of the bird gets it, gets it. Yeah. The anti hunters can rescue the birds. And yep. then, you know, we were looking, uh, last time we met, we were looking at pictures online of like, they had like, uh, emergency vet equipment hooked up to these ducks and they're like resuscitating them. Yeah, these guys are really, really crazy over this stuff, and, I, and we love ducks too. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, well, th- that's the other thing is our uh, from you know I'm kind of paraphrasing a lot of this, and I'm not you know great when it comes to like the biology as- aspect of things and and species management, but it sounds like uh, at least in the U.S. with the you know um, like the Pittman Robertson attacks and and these other like funds that we fund for wildlife that you know more hunting is better for the species and australia North american model is yeah. the model for the world of hunting that works the best and i guess they've had a lot of issues with like uh these these ducks like going extinct in australia because because they're not hunting and they're yeah, not they're, they're not putting money towards these yeah. things i mean all the money we put into you know all these yeah the peterson's roberts tax all that i mean we foot the bill for conservation. Hunters foot the bill for conservation. And to a non-hunter, that's something that they can't wrap their mind around, right? They're like, wait, so, you know, more hunting is more animals? How does that make sense? Yeah, and to somebody that don't hunt, it doesn't make sense. And to right. be honest, I have a hard time explaining it. My, that how I connect with nature is shooting them. Yeah. To try to explain it, I can't quite explain that sometimes either. But we're, you know, nothing's going to waste, first and foremost, you know, and that's just such a small part of it. Obviously we all go out there to get ducks. Yeah. But that's such a small part of why we love this and what we're doing. And it, it helps the species in the long run, you know, in the, in the Sacramento Valley, it's created, you know, where we, uh, you know, put levees up and dam the rivers and, and took away the natural marshland for these birds. It's created an incentive for rice farmers to flood their fields and, and create habitat because you know not only uh does the flooding help the soil and everything but and they're not burning and then they're able to also have you know lease out blinds to duck yeah hunters. i mean some extra income for them you know look money put back in the local economy and you know we're happy to give it to them to go out there and do what we love and i mean it's it's an important way of life to us and we all need to do all we can to you know support this way that we love you know exactly and i think um you know, we really do need to, and we have some good organizations doing some good stuff. You know, I was telling you about uh, CWA's college program where they actually um, link up with UC Davis and particularly, um, uh, what is it? The, it's a certain department there in, in Davis. It's the uh, Fish and Conservation Biology Department or Wildlife Fish and Conservation Biology Department. So these are folks that are going to be future wildlife managers. You know, they're, they're probably going to leave this program and work for either nonprofits or state and local governments. They're going to be the ones running the refuges one day. Right. Yeah, they're, or, or drafting, uh, you know, the, the annual regulations. Well, in a lot of terms were, you know, before, you know, hook and bullet biologists. They were people that hunted and fished themselves. Yep. Nowadays, a lot of these people, they have zero background in hunting and fishing. 
So you and I have, you know, we're both big fans of California Waterfowl Association or CWA. And um, this is a great program that that they would uh, do outreach to these these college students at UC Davis and actually, you know, go through Hunter's Ed with them and then take them on a duck hunt and and show them the process and then uh, process the the birds and and cook them and eat them. And I mean, they do the whole thing. That's that's awesome. I heard a podcast on the Ducks Unlimited podcast a couple months ago. They have a similar program yeah. down south, and same deal. Some gal that you know never hunted, and she went from beginning to end with hunting and eating it and everything else. And a gal would have never had anything to do with it without these kind of programs. And yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great too. Even know? if they don't become you know avid hunters, they're not anti-hunting. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because we don't. I don't expect every you know buddy to go out there and do this. It's not for everybody, but you know, don't got to be against it either. So. Yeah, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, there's things that we all do that, you know, we try out and maybe it's not our thing, but it's kind of cool. And like, you're like, okay, I get it. I get why someone might be into that. Exactly. You know, so. Um, and, you know, here in, in Northern California, north of Sacramento, we're always, there's this kind of north-south divide in California uh, between Southern California and Northern California. And um, it's funny because we're, you know, same state, but culturally, like, totally different very different yeah and and socal has you know lots of people and you know we have some cities here in northern california too but like sacramento is nothing compared to la yeah exactly and you know san francisco i guess would would be bay area is pretty populated but that's kind of its own its own own little entity but i mean there's a lot of duck hunters down there too you know even hunting the bay man but uh but i have a uh an uncle that i just found found out um so he has one of my grandfather's old uh shotguns ted williams uh like 200 i don't i don't know the uh, maybe i'll look it up while we're talking really ted williams yeah like the baseball player yeah (laughs) never heard of it it was a uh uh sears and roebuck ted williams model oh really yeah wonder what it is then because i mean they just they had sears and roebuck a5s and stuff you know uh this looks like some kind of some kind of uh like a model 12 or something maybe that's kind of cool yeah i'll show you the a picture of it and you can looks like this one looks like a pump slide action yeah well, that's pretty freaking cool man so i have an uncle in san diego area that's he's never been hunting and his you know my grandfather is a big hunter hunted ducks deer bear everything and and one of my uncles was more of a hunter than the the other um but anyway so he has this shotgun he's taken it and done some sporting clays with it uh before in in san diego area but uh you know he talked to some he uh folks at his church and said hey you know other guys uh, who he knows have guns and everything and he goes you know i want to want to do some kind of hunting with this at some point you know he's my uncle's older and uh, never never been hunting wants to hunt with his dad's shotgun uh no one he knows hunts that's crazy man and, <laughs> so, and he's an older guy yeah too, you and, know? and everyone down there he's like looking for you know guys and and they're like oh i don't know i like, think there's got to be some dove hunting down there somewhere there is so i'm gonna try actually to get him up here uh yeah, this winter heck yeah yeah and and i was telling my mom this morning i said you know it's a good time to do it too because now with like boss ammo and, and stuff like you can you use shoot them old guns. yeah yep. you can shoot those old guns so i'm like you know it wasn't that long ago it'd be a that'd be a chore to find ammo you could shoot out of that yeah. but now we can do it oh that's awesome man that is way cool yeah so i think i think we're going to do it this uh this winter gotta arrange a trip but i just thought that was pretty crazy i'm like he doesn't know anyone yeah 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 that's crazy i mean that you know, I mean, what a difference in culture. Because up here, I mean, you're going to know somebody that hunts pretty much, but, you know. Yeah, you're going to find someone that hunts. Yeah. Wow. Even if you don't know a ton of people, I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah. I kind of find my dog come from Southern California. I did it backward. Yeah. Yeah. They, I had no idea they had the, you know, they do a little more upland, but they're water. I mean, she's a waterfowl dog. They, um, they have some duck hunting there. Yeah, they do. They do. It's, uh, you know, a little further and you know between it ain't quite like up here because we're in the middle of it up here but yeah there's some duck hunting down there and the guy 
nice guy. I got him for just at the time. I got her in the middle of COVID, and there was nothing up here available. And I wanted a little black female, and Rock Forest Retrievers down there had her. And she had one female left. And so I did it kind of backwards. I going to Southern California to get my dog living up here. I think most of the people come from down there to get their dogs up here. But Well, and... My dad and I both went to Southern California to find wives. My mom, my mom. <laughs> really? That's kind of funny. He never told me that. I do. Your wife was from Southern California. I didn't know your mom was. Yeah, my too. mom is too. My mom's oh. from from San Diego. So my grandfather was a uh, in the in the military, retired Marine. So that's how they got down there. That but he he grew up in Kentucky and and hunted everything. I mean, he hunted anything he could: deer, bear. Um, you know, he's in Louisiana for a while. Got into duck hunting there. Oh, cool! So, um, were you able to meet your grandfather? Yeah, yeah. He he died when I was a young teenager, but yeah. So I that's cool. I I knew him, but uh, went shooting with him before, but never never hunted with him. Um, but yeah. So then one of my uncles got really into it, got into it, and the other not so much. I mean, it's it's kind of typical with kids. Some kids really. Oh yeah, like the way my kids are. Yeah, you know. I mean. But now my but now my other uncle wants to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you I'm know? like, yeah, we got to make it happen. And we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. I think part of this is going to be a, adult hunters are going to save this thing for us. I Guys with so. a little bit more resource that didn't grow up necessarily hunting or hunting ducks in general. Yeah. And they'll say, I mean, I I think it's a big part of it. I I really do. You know. So we encourage them. We encourage them in our own club. We took four or five of them goofy bastards in our club this year. You know and. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, you just got to remember to be patient. You know, we were all there one time, and it's a little bit different when you're dealing with a 30-year-old man than a 12-year-old, but at the same time, if you don't know, you don't know. You exactly, know? yeah. And, you know, most people are receptive, and you talk to them, and, you know, so I don't know. I think it's a good thing. Cracking open another farmer's light? Oh, yeah. I was a little butthurt at farmers this week, to be honest, man. Uh-oh. This supply chain issue is real. And I, I got mad, man, um, because this hunting beer like Easter eggs, it's getting old. You know, we, we, we run Lincoln out by Wednesday every freaking week, okay? Super annoying. And then we got our second backup store we go to, Zebratown down there, who, whoever that guy is. He does pretty good about it. And then we run him out in another day or so, and then it's enough like, well, I'm sick of driving all over to get beer, you know, and I'm sending the guys, going, well, they don't have any here. Where do you want me to go next? So it's kind of annoying. And then I talked about stocking up, and last episode, I found that Bel Air in uh, Roseville, or oh, okay. I think it was a Bel Air, yeah, and they had all kinds. And I thought I was going to go back and get some more. Well, I didn't. I come back home Sunday, and I'll go up to Safeway. They seem to always have some. Nothing. Not one six-pack, not nothing. I said, you know what? I'm sick of this. So I just bought a 30-pack of Miller Lite. And then, I don't know if you heard yeah, about Miller Lite and hot Miller water. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm not buying it. I've seen the little video. I think it's stupid. It, it's, it is dumb. It's not nearly as bad as the other one, in my opinion. I think it's stupid. But I'm like, okay, I can't live this way. It, this is why I've never jumped on this bandwagon. It's like, what can you do? If before you know it, you're not going to be able, you're going to have to live strictly off the land and make your own beer because, I mean. Now now you're talking. That's the hipster life right there. Make your own beer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, like I say, I have no problem. Far. I was just frustrated. I'm like, I just, I just want to get my beer and go home. I got things to do. I don't want to drive to 19 friggin' stores to get it. The Miller Lite commercial, I don't, you're right. I don't find it, like, necessarily offensive. I just find it stupid. It's, yeah, what are you trying to do They're here? literally going on eBay and shit and, and buying, buying up old fucking 80s ads of chicks and bikinis and grinding them up into compost. And then listen to this. They're giving it to the female brewers to help brew their shit to, blur, to make beer. What's well, well, was there five of them? What, yeah, in the whole. Con- I mean, <laughs> are you serious, dude? You're gonna go out and buy up all your old advertising to like erase what it was. I get that, you know. Well, we I'll, I'll tell you what. If you're if you got uh, if you're listening to this, you got some old Miller Lite posters. Hold on to those because they're about to become more valuable than so. ever. Because now you're destroying. Uh, and I don't know how much of that was part of their comedy. If they're really doing that, I mean, that seems. No, I think so they are. 
They, I think they stopped now. They they got a hold of it. I don't know. They pulled all yeah, that crap they did. down. I heard, I heard they took it off. Like, and they were the like, internet. we don't want none of this. But it was released even before the Bud Light thing. Yeah, but the Bud Light overshadowed it. It did. And it now, was, like, yeah. the Bud Light thing's losing a little bit of steam. So, like, oh, we're going to get. And I hate this, dude. I'm not into the witch hunt shit, no. man. I do hate it. It's like, just sell beer, man. But. If you think about, like I think about when I was a kid, and that's you know, that's the stuff they're trying to pull right now. That stuff worked. People love those, like those old commercials. Think of the, like the the Bud Light. Bud Light used to have the best commercials. They did the the real men of genius and stuff. The what's up? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Bud. I guess Weiser. that was Budweiser, but same, you know, same was it company. Bud? Yeah. Well, I, the, what's the real men of genius, Bud, yeah. the the dilly dilly, even that yes, was even that I don't, long They ago. didn't run that with that that long. I don't yeah. know why. I got a dilly dilly poster still. I didn't have the heart to oh. turn it into compost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of all my Bud Light swag. I told you guys, man. I I mean, I'm butt hurt, but I I, you know, it's it's like who who are you trying to market to? I I just don't get it. I mean, I I. Or are we just in the minority now? Obviously not, because it seemed to freaking really screw. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought we were going to be, and it was just all going to be a little bump in the road, but yeah. it's not. No, it's and it's not like I, I've said this before. I don't want them dead or anything. It's like, just sell your beer. I get it. We don't have to have everything completely like the man show was, right. you know, and it's just these, you know. Trampolines. <laughs> trampolines. Girls on trampolines. It's all these male pigs. Yeah, we're going to have, you know, blondes and bikinis. Yeah, I, I we don't have to do that. But we don't have to just you know, completely ratchet the other way, neither, man. I know. Well, just I'll tell sell you your what. beer, throw a little bit of Patreon stuff in there and some comedy, and we can all go on, you know? If, if you're a company that's just marketing uh, like like what you just described, you're probably doing pretty good right now. Like, you're not you're not dipping your toe in the pol- politics. Yeah. I. Yeah, you're just selling your, why? your I mean, stuff. What's the point, man? I mean, we're basically dividing this country right down the middle. I know that I want to... I mean, we work on people's trucks that might not think like we do. Sure. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's part of the freedom. It's part of the freedom. But, you know, it, I just don't understand it, dude. Um, I think they're starting to understand it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, that's and that's kind of the – I think that's the, the rub of the issue, though. It's like most, most conservatives, and I don't, you know, I don't really, you know, like we've talked about before, I think there's – Used to be a lot more moderate Democrats, but there's there's some Democrats out there that I don't think are bad people, and their views I might not agree with all of them, but they're they're not bad views, and they're, they're you know I can see why they might come to those conclusions. Yeah. Um, but you know most most of the cons- conservatives seem you know would seem to be more like letting people live in ways that they don't necessarily agree with, whereas the other side really doesn't want that to happen. Well, like, we've talked about this yeah. in the past. This wasn't this way in wasn't years that gone way. by. It was the religious right that was trying to censor everybody and cancel everybody Right. that was doing things against them. And then now this pendulum has swung the other way, where it's all the extreme left wing trying to, you know, shut everybody down that thinks different than them. And it's just, it's what a difference it was. I mean, that's where the whole, you know, the man came from, you know, I'm not listening to what the man's saying, you know, the right, square yeah, guy with the haircut right. that don't have a beard, you know, it's where hippie type culture yep. come out of, you know, and it's like, it's completely swimming the other way. The old hippie's the one telling me that I can't do this or can't do that. And an American flag, it's just, it's crazy to me how it's the same thing. Yep. Just a, the other groups doing it now. And, and, you know, I, I don't really pay that close attention to some of this stuff. Cause I, yeah, me neither. Don't have other things to do, but I I have caught a little bit about like Howard Stern. I guess is a total freaking like that. Like the whole COVID thing was all like oh, he loved it. He's all over that. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. that guy was a total outlaw before. Yes. Now he's like suppresses free speech. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh no. I I know. It's but then crazy. you look at Bill Maher. Yeah. He's always been a left wing loon. Yeah, and he's like the voice of reason on the that side of things. You know. Well, someone someone showed a like a graph, and it was it was like a a political spectrum, and I guess the left wing has moved super far left, but even even uh, the right wing has moved towards the center on a lot of issues. It seems that way. There's yeah. a couple fringe people that are even more righter than me, and I I mean I I don't know some things like like this whole like well, like way Kid Rock shot up the friggin' <laughs> beer. I mean, come on, dude. Well, 
Well, I you think know what I mean? A, it's I think these create pushing Bud Lights like okay, dude. I mean, but really? they create opportunity to do these things, stunts to get attention. I, I guess so. So you can't, you can't. I don't blame the guy for capitalizing on it. I mean, that's. I guess it keeps him. He's an artist. Relevant. Yeah. Yeah, he's something, ain't he? I'm not a huge Kid Rock fan. In fact, I'm an anti. I, <laughs> I, I guess he hangs around Hank Jr. and he is pretty talented, but he is a definitely a tier two man. <laughs> well, um, he has the yes. haircut for it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's crazy to me that he's hanging out with the president at some point, and stuff. it's like. But I mean, Jay Z was smoking weed at the White House with Obama. It's this is idiocracy, the movie in real life. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean. It's just something else, man. No, it's 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 interesting, but uh, yeah. So that uh, that's a real long way to say that, you know, this this culture really really will impact, has has impacts to to our lives. I think the hunting culture, you know, um, also we've I think you know not on the podcast but we've talked about it before. Just the, you know, you have to be careful though. Like if if you are going to be you know, posting social media pictures like you can't be an idiot you know don't don't post like you know ringing ducks necks or something yeah oh yeah always do respectful pictures of you know the birds and yeah yeah, yeah that's advice to everybody you know for the most of the guys are, we follow and see in our feeds understand that yeah. I mean, we i've seen a post split read did a while back and there was examples of you know, very inappropriate things people are doing with birds, you know, like the stupid high five when you got a duck. Yeah. You know, it's legs crying. I mean, no, this is respect the resource, you know, and I, I can't agree with that more, you know, and that some of that stuff is like, I think it's just immaturity and just not knowing, you know, and I mean, that stuff's important, you know, you're not just representing you when you do that kind of shit, you're representing an entire community and you're taking opportunities that you know of somebody that might be for what we're doing to like oh these guys are barbarians you know right yeah and these yeah are typical redneck idiots exactly yeah. you know and it's you know we we don't want that look you know i mean we, we can joke around and have fun but you know re you're posting anything respect the game that we all go after you know yeah be an idiot in a different way yes that's what i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot in all kinds of ways. Right. Where are we at? How much time we have? I don't know. I can't see nothing. Uh, looks like. Oh, good. We got some time. I'll tell you because I I put it on my list here, and I'll I'll never be able to tell this story on this podcast again because it's not relevant about Australia. <laughs> but and it's hardly relevant to this podcast except we're talking about Australia. So, uh, you know, and this story is about my time in Australia. So, um. You know, I went to Australia when I was uh, 19 or 20. I don't remember, you know, young. But it was cool because back, uh, back then, at least when you go to these countries in the military, even if you weren't 21, you could drink. Yeah. Yeah, because you just conformed to their laws. There was like a minimum law or a minimum age. It wasn't 18, but it wasn't, it wasn't 21 either. So, you know, there's like a military drinking age overseas. Yeah. Um, so that was that was fun. I you know went to Australia for a couple of days uh, on these different ports, and you know we had this training exercise. So we did like a port call before the training exercise and a port call after, kind of you know a little vacation on both ends of it. But the training exercise was uh, ten days long, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. About ten days straight, and uh, you know Australia. If you look at pictures of it, it's kind of barren, and. Uh, you know, you don't really think of it as a very, like, forested area. Yeah. Right? I mean, From what you see in the, you know, yeah. freaking Quigley down under and yeah, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Bush country. Yeah. Looks like kind of Utah a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, not, not, not where I went. I went to this place called Shoalwater Bay, uh, which, for training, which is a uh, Australian Defense Force property. Uh, and it's, you know, it's in a, a bay. Uh, like you'd think but it's it's like a rainforest like they're rainforest really yeah so it's a and it's it's kind of diverse it's from what i remember a mix of you know there's some kind of drier areas of it but you know a lot of it's pretty dense forest so we uh we start off uh at night and and insert by helicopter at night but uh not not like fast roping or thing they landed the helicopter and you know you run out or whatever 
but um i don't know if you know this but you know you watch the movies and they have like the nvgs yeah. like the night vision goggles yeah. well you have to have some level of of natural like ambient light for those to work or at least you used to in the version i had yeah back then it's been a while um so if it's really dark even if you have the nvgs you're, you're not going to see dark, much yeah, yeah. It's, you can see a little better but it's not it's not like the movies you yeah. can't just make light appear out of nothing yeah um so it was you know like i said it's like the rainforest area we're and and uh everything was dark so we're just tromping through this thing in a single file line and um, you know, the officers are always in charge of like navigation, like getting you to where, you know, the map. Yeah. So there's always jokes about, you know, lieutenants getting lost because, you know, because <laughs> they can't read, you know, it's kind of a stereotypical joke about them. But in reality, it's just they're in charge of the navigation. So, uh, if anyone's getting lost, it's going to be because of them, uh, at least like a platoon size or bigger, you get into your smaller, smaller units, uh, and you know, of course, you know, you don't have officers, so someone else has to has to do it and, and get you to where you need to go. But anyway, so day one of this uh this training exercise and um I'm tromping through this uh you know, feels like almost like a jungle, but you know, I think they call it the rainforest and um and I can't see anything and I just fall into this river, man. And I got everything uh you know it's not like uh this is like backpacking almost, right? Everything you at least uh, you know, as an infantryman, so everything, everything you take out with you to the field, you know, you carry. You yeah. Know, you know, you know, how else you gonna get it there? Yeah. Ex exactly. So, like everything you need for that op is on your back, and uh, and I fully submerged on this thing, and I am soaked, and it is like. Were you the only one? I'm the only one that fell in this river. I don't know how I fell into it, but and I, you know, couldn't see, so I had to like get help getting out of this thing. So I'm soaked to the bone, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, just my luck, right? Yeah. Uh, like, we're like an hour into this thing, and I'm fully soaked. This this blows, and everything <laughs> I have with me is fully soaked. Yeah. And that's just a rough way to start it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and, I mean, you're a duck hunter, so you know how it is when you're sitting in the blind fully soaked. Like, life oh, kind of yeah. sucks. No, nah, I wait fell to over get... at the refuge yeah. and soaked my waders on the way in. Yep, and it's like, that's how it goes. Yep. So... <laughs> so and we didn't have anything waterproof. Well, we had jackets, but that was the only waterproof thing we took with us uh, on this this exercise. So, so I'm fully soaked. Whatever sucks. Well, then a little bit, uh, you know, that same night starts sprinkling. Then it starts raining, and it did not stop raining for <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, everyone ended up being just as soaked as I. You're am. just the first one. <laughs> yeah, but that. Uh, so everyone has. Uh, in the in the military with that was on that that uh, exercise. Anytime we look back at just like the most miserable time in your life, it's that by a long shot. Oh, really? You know, multiple days in a row of just just torrential downpour. Yeah, and it's not like like I said, when you're like light infantry, there's no you, you don't carry tents with you. you yeah, sleep, you're just you literally you're, leaning against a tree or yeah. You know, or in this case, forest and Bubba Gump back to back yep. or. In this case, we're spooning each other yeah, because we're so, soaked to the bone. Uh, we had some guys that got to go to an Australian hospital for hypothermia. Really? Yeah, and they, from what I understood, they loved it. They loved the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, they got out of the field. <laughs> yeah. They got hot food. It was a civilian hospital. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Got to, yeah, I'm very hyperthermic. I got to go. Yeah. So... So then, you know, we do this, it's ten, like I said, 10 days long, nothing but, but getting soaked all the time. It was miserable. It was crazy. 10 days of that. 10 days of just getting soaked. You know, there may have been little patches of, of you know, a couple hours here and there where it didn't rain, and you're just praying to God that it doesn't rain again. And, uh, you know, guys were crying at night. Wow. Just, and, you know, in, in their sleep, just little whimpers. Yeah. You know? And you could tell because we're all sleeping next to each other, yeah. you know, for warmth, body heat. Um, All this to go to friggin' Iraq? Oh, this is this was the the military keeps, uh, you know, they have to stay, um, you know, trained for a variety. Yeah, of we can't just hey, we're yeah, gonna be shooting Arabs in the desert. We can't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, to to maintain to maintain your preparedness, you have to you know they they have these like this exercise is called talisman saber. It's an annual 
or it was an annual. I think it still is with the Australian Defense Forces. And then there's and they were they out there with you, the Australians. Yeah, but see, they're they're not like the American military. They're they're smaller. They're a little more common sense. So uh, I guess they were building fires at night, you know, and and you know, uh, Marines are a little more strict. So they're like, you know, you got to maintain your light discipline. Well, like it's you probably can't. pretty easy when you're a country like Australia that like your big brother, the good old USA. Hey, we'll go ahead and let these guys do the heavy lifting. Exactly. We got our defense force here, but we know if shit really goes down, we know who's going to be doing the heavy lifting. The good old Uncle Sam. That's right. The, so the I, U.S. and yeah. the Brit and the British. Yeah, they're going to they're going to be the ones that actually the keeping the world safe. So uh, there's a lot of truth to that. I would think yeah. so. Yes. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, we can all play army, but we know who's going to be doing the real shit when it goes down. You know. Oh yeah, I I trained with a couple militaries: Australian military. Japanese military, how is, Korean How is the Japanese military? Uh, so I have a uh, – actually, I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram since we're talking about it. But uh, that was a lot of fun. That really? That was a lot of fun. So we, we were in um, this part of – I can't remember where in Japan, but it was on mainland Japan. And uh, and they had this thing called the Friendship Tent. So we were, we were on a Japanese military base and sleeping in these, like, giant chicken coop things. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they weren't chicken coops. <laughs> but, but they, they were they, they were like... Resembled one. Yeah, yeah, like giant chicken coops for humans. Um, but every... We didn't really have many nights in the field. We just would go out and do like different training exercises, but come back every night. So they had this tent just stacked full of beer. Uh, you know, really? Cases of beer. Like these Japanese beer. And... And you could just go in there at the end of at the end of the day and and drink with the Japanese. Yeah, you'd love it. You missed out. Oh man, damn it! <laughs> I knew I tried to sign up three times for a reason. So you know, unlimited, uh, you know, unlimited beer, and and uh, so we just you'd be in there. You'd trade uniform items with these guys. You know, different. Oh yeah. You know, I have a Japanese army uh, a shirt still that. I can't fit into because the guy's probably like half my size. Yeah, um, you know, a couple things like that, patches, that type of thing. But the best was getting them to chew because oh, you really? know all the Americans chewed like Copenhagen stuff. Yeah. So we'd get these Japanese guys to chew and and watch their reactions. You know, they'd, be like, <laughs> they'd always do this. You know, like hot, hot. hot. You know, burns. <laughs> Are they were they all pretty cool guys? Oh yeah, they were fun. Well, they uh, love American culture. Th- Big time, yeah. There, there was a lot of fun. One of their lieutenants, uh, we went out to town with them one night and uh, went to this Japanese general's house, really nice house. Did the traditional Japanese dinner, really, where you're like on the floor. And, uh, but the lieutenant actually went to UCLA. Really? Yeah, and and had driven cross country in the U.S. Um, spoke really good English. Um, had done a yeah motorcycle cross country drive, so that that was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, so he's familiar. He's like talking to anyone else here. You know, he's just very you know great English and also very familiar with California. They have a California. really good culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. You heard the stories of like when they leave soccer tournaments, they clean the freaking locker rooms. Well, like, cleaning. They don't have janitors at their schools. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, the kids clean. You know, it's it's. I've heard it's an excellent culture for that stuff. Very very into hard work. You know, like being an employee in Japan. Uh, you're like when you're new in the office, like you have to get there before everyone else when you're like a rookie. Oh, really? Yeah. And like their office culture and like, like make the coffee and get everything ready and prepped. And, and then you're the last one to leave. Like they were, they're really into like earning your stripes. Well, that's, that's cool. Crazy how we hated them friggin' 70 years ago. And then now you're doing training exercises. Yeah. Now they're a good ally. But these, oh, oh yeah, no, they're good people. There's no doubt about that. These young Japanese soldiers that we were with were hilarious they'd you know they'd they'd be drinking and and we had beer and of course and then sometimes some of them brought the the uh not sake this it's like soju or something some rice liquor yeah whoo rough rough I mean, stuff. easy easy to drink but but uh, yeah message sneaks you, up yeah, on you exactly but they get they get drunk and they would be asking like how to say all these cuss words in english <laughs> course that's what everybody in every culture even them they want to learn so words. they would say they'd be like uh how do you say fuck you motherfucker <laughs> 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 and he sound like the one guy in the uh, hangover that 
Asian guy. Uh, and you're like, yeah, you, you nailed it, man. That was good. You just told me to F off. Good job. That's How awesome. do you say cocksucker? <laughs> you're like, just like that. You, you, you did got it. it. That's freaking hilarious, man. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll have to post that picture of, uh, do me, it, do it, of me giving this dude, a, this Japanese dude, a, some Copenhagen. <laughs> you should. But yeah, so I spent a little time in Australia, a little time in Japan, but Australia. Uh, well, what about the Koreans? How were they to train with? Similar or no? Uh, yeah, Koreans. So Koreans, interesting uh, conscripts. A lot of some of them are conscripts. So they still they have forced military service. Oh. Yeah. So a little different. Yeah, they're kind of like. Uh, I mean, it's not slavery, but. I mean, I mean, it's, it's also not. Bad. It's, it's also not voluntary. Paid, but yeah, you're involuntary yeah. slavery, kind of like yeah. involuntary polygamy, I guess. Yeah, it's like it's you know it's different. Which it wasn't that long ago that we conscripted people either. Now, and I'll be honest, I think it it's a good thing. I mean, Israel does it. They're a developed country. I I don't know. Well, Korea. I don't want to straighten me up and got me off this tier system a little bit sooner than I was. You know, Korea and Israel kind of similar, I think, for their reasons. Because yeah. they both have the enemy at the gates right yep. there. Right there. Right there, ready to so, pounce. Yeah, you can't just, yeah. So I, they have to stay on it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of think it would be a good thing just for an option. Because, I mean, I know my good buddy Bert. I mean, he he had an option. And he was he's a great guy now. But sure. he, he got in some trouble when he was younger. And he kind of had a, well, you can go in the Army. Or you can go to jail. And he said, well, I'm going in the army. This is in the 60s. Yeah. And I mean. Well, they, they even did that, I think, up until like the 90s. Even in the 90s, they think they were still doing that. Not when I was a dirtbag, man. I sure wish they would have. Well, something changed culturally in the U.S. where, uh, as far as government goes, where all of a sudden, like, the government got really good at keeping records. And, and that, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it kind of seems that way, yeah. Well, think of back in the day, like, records. There's there's like a whole set of military records that are like burned up in a, some fire fire somewhere. And that was it. That was, was it. That was it. I mean, I don't know if uh, I'm sure some of you older listeners in California, if oh, you the remember Hunter the hunter registration, yeah. they burned down. You just had to promise right. that you took a hunter safety. That's all you that. had to do. Yeah. So before records were digitized and like permanent, and I mean fires seem to always happen. Yeah, and <laughs> you're right. So Once everything got digitized, they said, oh, no, this guy's a friggin' level two. We're not taking him. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, like, marked for life. Yeah, exactly. You know, even if you're not, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, obviously, if you have, like, a felony, like, there's lifelong consequences that come with that. You can't own a gun. You yeah, can't, you can't vote, vote in some yeah. places. I think California is trying to make it where you can vote from jail, practically. They are, yeah. And you know what they're doing with uh, a lot? Because they're doing a lot of pardons. Oh. You know, yeah. You know, for you know stuff that's not that big a deal. You know, shooting a cop, things like that. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. you know minor offenses. Sure. You know? But uh, yeah, you you get the felony removed, and you can still vote, but you can't buy guns. Can't buy. See, because they don't want anybody to buy guns. So it's like, well, eh, we, you know, can't yeah. have it both ways. You can't say. I, I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. But that's uh, that's a real thing. Yep, yeah, yeah. We restored your right to vote and vote for us because we let you do it. But. uh Hey, you can't buy a gun, you know. So I, I actually have, uh, you know, some kind of atypical feelings on this, and my feelings don't matter because they're never going to be implemented. But my personal opinion on it is, I think we should. Uh, if you're listen, if you're safe enough to be out of jail, I think that comes with all the freedoms that Americans get. And if not, put them in jail. Yeah, I mean, I mean we'd have a lot of people in jail. It doesn't but seem I think to stop anything. I, it doesn't stop anything, but I mean, I have a, well, I'm not going to name him, but he knows who he is, and he's a close friend of mine, and he was a dirtbag right. fucking cholo fucking Mexican, man. Dirtbag. Right. And he turned his life completely around, and he's the best family man you've yeah. ever seen. He's friggin', oh, yeah. I mean, dude is salt of the earth. Right. Works his ass off, takes care of his family like no other. And if ever there was anybody that deserved to get a full pardon, yep. it was him. Because he did his time, and this has been 15 years ago or more now, and this guy has lived like a excellent citizen ever since, you know. Well, there has to be a path to 
restoration for people to follow an incentive. Yeah, you know, maybe tell them they can't own guns for five years or something. They'll exactly. Give well, this state, I mean, how, this might be a little bit of a tier system story. Um, long ago, and I didn't even know this. I was at the Nevada County Fair, right? And I would think I was 18 or 19 years old. All right. Okay. Well, I haven't always been the man I am today. The outstanding citizen yeah, you are today. Yeah, yeah. The pillar of the community, you know. Sure. Um, and I'm at the Nevada County Fair, and I got in a fist fight with some asshole on the corn dog line. And this guy was fooling with me, picking on me as some old drunk guy, probably my age now. Hopefully, I don't get beat up this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't really remember why this all went down, but I understand. I remember I was literally trying to get a corn dog, and dude started just talking mad trash. Before you know it, we're brawling. It's on. So anyway, I leave the dude laying on the ground. I run out of the fair, hop the fence. Well, eh, 20 minutes went by. I guess I'll go back. So I climbed the fence back in, went back in, <laughs> you know. Been long All of a sudden, bam, swarm me. You know, I stuck out or whatever. I mean, I look, you know, you'd think there'd be a lot more uh, level twos running around up there, but uh, I guess not. They, was, that was when Nevada County was in transition. Yeah, you're right. So I stuck out a little bit more than yeah. I thought I did. I stuck, stuck out more than my uncles and cousins did in previous generations. We'll go back you know? now. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> my homeland <laughs> friggin' destroyed. <laughs> so anyway, I get hauled off, cuffed, blah, blah, you know. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to lose my freaking driver's license, man, because I'm underage. I'm 19 and I'm drinking. Uh. And that, that was my biggest fear. We go to the court. Cute little DA gal, I remember. And, uh, hey, well, you know, we're going to go ahead and offer you a plea deal. You go ahead and plead to the misdemeanor battery. You know, it would be just a couple weekends, no big deal. And uh, take the, the uh, drunken public. They call it drunken public. Yeah. Sweet. You got it. You know, and that you got it. Well, a couple months later, I try to go buy a gun. Uh-oh. I remember there was an old side-by-side. I don't even remember what it was, but it was an old side-by-side. I always liked them old side-by-side shotguns. Yeah, me too. And there was one at a pawn shop. Try to go buy You can't buy guns. What do you mean? I call, oh, no, you can't have guns for 10 years. You have, a violent, you have a violent crime. No way. And that's no bullshit. From the time I was, I was 18 or 19, I... Could not legally buy a gun. Now, you go to another state. You're fine, right? Because you're not. I, well, I literally tested it out because, ah. yes, it was literally California only. And I'm like, right. dude, I was all happy about keeping my friggin' driver's license. Little did you know. Little did I know. I had no idea I was giving my guns right. And this is a fist fight. They took and my gun rights away for 10 years. Wow. Mind you, I, you know, I still was able to do the things I needed to do, you know, and hunted and everything. But, uh. I just couldn't believe it. Then I moved to Florida, and I, I couldn't wait to test. So first thing I did when I went to Florida is I went in a gun shop, and I'll take that friggin' 1911 right there. No problem. Walked out. Well, three-day wait for a pistol oh, in Florida. Oh, they had a wait period. There, they had a, they had a it might be three-day for everything now, but then it was just uh, three days on a pistol. Hmm. And I still got that 1911 now. That's a funny story about that one time, one day, that 1911 I had to pawn that thing to end up to get back out here. <laughs> but the guy was such an honorable guy, I ended up getting it back from him, and I still have it today. Well, that's wild. You don't hear that much. No, and he told it when I sold it to him. He's like, I know this gun's important to you. You know, you get out there, you get established, you let me know, and we'll get your gun back. And uh, he, he stood by his word, man. That's, pr that's I, pretty cool. I still got it on my nightstand today. So. All right, let's go. Uh, yeah, we'll go test it out later. Yeah. And, uh, do a little, see see if we can get it taken away. Uh -huh, hopefully not. I hope that <laughs> stuff's kidding. behind me. Yeah. Jeez. No, actually, I think I think age helps so much, man. For most people, for me, it did. Like it the, just growing up, just getting older. Helps. Me too. And I guess I mean this is a you know I, I just I had kind of a shitty raisin. I was a feral kid, and I spent a whole lot of time wasting energy and effort on things that didn't matter. Yeah, and how, like how many involved women? Oh, tons of that. <laughs> 
and just you know defending things that don't need defending and oh that's some I mean, I behavior yes hell yeah and i've you know it's been years and years since i've gotten it that's how i'm able to talk so openly about all this shit because i mean i'm not a fucking sleaze bag anymore but uh, you're a solid 4.4 4. <laughs> yeah i might be slipping a little here and there you never know but yeah, luckily there's no criminal behavior going on. There's no fist fights. I haven't gotten a fist fight and shit. I, I've, I've we got to be going on probably 15 years. Oh, that's a long time. It's a long time, yeah. man. It's a long time. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's not like something like a drunk with a uh, you know a day at a time. It just it just I don't get myself in these situations anymore. You, you got know? your coin on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15 years fist fight <laughs> yes. free. So I don't know. It's it's a funny journey how life is. They always say if you knew what you knew when you're old, when you were young, you know, you could freaking rule the world. But for sure, uh, where are we at? We're about wrapped up here, buddy. Yeah, well, it's good. Good talking to you as always. Um, we got a third microphone, so we'll be getting some guests lined up here shortly. Yeah, we'll have to get a little bit creative about uh, scheduling and timeline. We both got some stuff coming yeah. up, and we'll figure it out. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to having some guests. I like hearing people's stories. Oh, yeah. I love Yeah. Hell, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm super excited, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not just duck hunting. I mean, just random stuff, but I always find it interesting. I, I like, uh, but I love hearing about people's duck hunting past, their, you know, waterfowl career, how they got into it, what what different hunting they've done. Yeah. What, yeah. I agree. You know, and we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. It's like we always do, but um, yeah. No, we'll get, we got a couple guys on some. What local legend baseball player guy? I guess is might we might talk to. Trying to get him on. Trying to find a good time that works. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out, man. But uh, it's been a good week, and you know what, Rob? We ain't even hit any of our damn sound effects. Not one time this episode. That's a crying shame, I'd say. All the soundboard going to waste. But <laughs> there'll be plenty of opportunities in the future to do it. So. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you making the pilgrimage up here to Gridley and uh, hanging out at the crack house. And That's right. We'll do this again soon, man. You have a good week. All right. I'll see you. All right. Bye.